Welcome to the very first episode of The Passion Project. I'm Samantha Lyons, and in today's episode, I sit down with Lizzie Lockhart to have a discussion about our main passions in life. Our conversation got a bit long, so I've chopped it into two episodes, and part two will be available next week. For now, join us as we talk about the things and people that we love. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sam. (laughs) Excited to be here. Okay, so um, for the people listening... You and I met in 2014. I'm so glad you remember that date because I 100% would have got it wrong. I think you guys, when I first moved to Auckland, you and Ed were in Europe. That's right. Yeah. And then I met you when you came back. Yes. At the Flying Burrito Brothers. That does sound like a, that sounds like a thing that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I remember because I went to hospital. I remember that too. I also met Michael that night. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you did. (laughs) It was a stressful first introduction. Yeah. It's kind of odd because I don't know you without Ed because you Mm. guys have been together since like the womb. Yeah. And. That's not creepy at all. No, of course not. (laughs) Just to clarify, your husband is not your twin. (laughs) Yeah. No, not at all. But you don't know me without Michael either. Yeah. So, which is a bit strange because I've not known Michael, like... Since the womb. Yeah. Yeah. We have known each other, Michael and I, we met just nearly six years ago. Mm. So that means that you and I have been friends for nearly six years. Makes sense. They've been a pretty great six years. Yeah, I know. You're very blessed to know me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and obviously one thing that has just come out of that is I take compliments real well. Mm-hmm. Um, you just fucking own that shit. Yeah. Sorry, are we allowed to swear on here? Yes, of course. Okay, great, because I've Everyone... already dropped two things, so <laughs> it's too late now. No, it's fine. Everyone um, asks me if they can swear on the podcast, and I'm like, well, it's MySpace. So. <laughs> Not MySpace is in MySpace, no. but it's MySpace to do with what I want, yeah. and I want all the swearing. Good. So don't worry about that. It's all good. I feel like um, I hold it in during the week, and then I just let it out on the weekends. Yes, so for people at home, that's because you are currently, as we record, a teacher, Mm -hmm. a moulder of young minds. Yeah, I don't know what I'm moulding them for, but yesterday I introduced them to frozen grapes, and that's about the best thing I've taught them all year, so changing lives one frozen grape at a time. This, actually, that is a great segue into your new job, because (laughs) when this is posted... Um, and goes live, you will be an educator at the zoo. Mm-hmm. And we know who loves frozen grapes. That's right, red pandas. Red pandas do. Oh. That is so true. I was obviously thinking of them. Yes. Yeah. Now we know that because Michael and I did a red panda experience earlier this year, and it was everything that I've ever dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And I may have cried quite a bit. I, I cried for you. Yeah, it was pretty great. And, I mean, the only thing that bums me out a little bit is that you can't pick them up and squeeze them. Yeah, they but need a bit of squeezing. They do. And, like, I understand that it's because they don't want people to get yeah. too friendly with them. Yeah. Because they don't want to see them as pets and create that trade. Yeah. Which is absolutely fine. Like, I'm totally for yeah. conservation. The keeper at one point, he was like, do you want to see how thick their fur is? And I was like, sure. And he was like, here, distract her with a grape. Mm. So I was distracting her with a grape. And he stuck his finger into her fur. And he was like, do you see how far my finger goes in? That is amazing. And there's still fur to go. And as he went, there's still fur to go. She kind of looked at him. She was like, buddy, hands off. Yeah, too far. And yeah, she was like, this is not okay. Yeah. You know, I've said no. There's consent rules. This is my fur, not yours. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. And um, it was probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like an angry little red panda. That was is amazing. Like, oh, it was great. So you're going to be a zoo educator. Yes. 
yeah, not even, I only just found out yesterday, so. It's new, it's fresh. It's so I'm new. I'm so excited. It's so new, I'm so excited for 2020. Teaching has been amazing, but um, I'm excited to do something a little bit different and see what happens. And I was always, when I was trying to make the decision, I was coming back to the happiness podcast, which you introduced me to. And one of the hosts, Gretchen Rubin, always talks about choosing the big life. And so when I was choosing between, do I continue teaching or do I go for this opportunity? I was like, which would be the decision that in 20 years time, I would look back and be glad that I took. And it made it so much clearer for me to decide. I think that's really interesting because I'm also currently going through a stage of transition Mm. with my job. Um, We took on, I was employed by um, a big construction company Mm. and I worked on a project and the project ended after almost or just over a decade Mm -hmm. and moved into a new project and that phase of transition happened around the middle of the year and it was scary and it was a big change we all had to reapply for our jobs and it felt really unnerving like because you were holding on to this old project and you were like well this is the way things are and then you had to apply for a new job and you kind of felt really displaced. Yeah. And then when we moved into the new job, everything was so different. And some things were good different, some things were bad different, some things were just different different. Yeah. And it felt very displacing, I think is the best word. And some people adapted and some people didn't. Mm. And I'm one of those people I have not adapted to it. I tried really hard. But there were just some things that were just standing in the way of mm. me being happy there. Yeah. And so currently I'm interviewing for other jobs. So exciting. When this is released, hopefully I will have a yes. job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, I'm going to leave my current job. Yeah. It's nerve wracking because I don't have anything lined up as yeah. such. Um, you know, I've got prospects, but prospects are just prospects. They're not yeah. guarantees. It there isn't be... that security net yet. Exactly. And Michael and I are coming into the stage of our lives where, like, we're looking to, you know, buy a house, start mm. a family at some point, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. those things are no longer in the distant future. They're kind yeah. of, like, in the scary future. Which is future. fucking terrifying. I know. <laughs> yeah. oh. Like, when did someone make us adults? Like <laughs> I know. Like, sometimes when I'm in certain situations and they're like, make a decision, I'm like, yeah, but where are the grown-ups? Can I phone an adult? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh... Yeah, and then I panic and just make stupid decisions. I just need Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey on like speed dial, and then if someone's asking me a question, I can be like, "Hold on, I've got to ask my mum who doesn't know I exist yet." Yeah, well, Oprah's a really good one actually. So I was on Weight Watchers, or mm. as they call it, WW now because yeah, they like fancy. rebranded and stuff. Yeah, um, I was on WW for about a year and a half, two years, and I lost a little bit of weight and I felt better about myself, and then I was made redundant. And I kind of went through this phase where I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to eat everything. Like, what does it matter? I'm a useless human being. Put all the weight back on and just could not find my mojo again. Yeah. Um, So I'm hoping in the new year to work a little bit on myself, not necessarily just on weight loss, but just on being healthier and being more in tune with myself. Yeah. I feel like this is a really great topic because you will be my first guest mm. on my podcast in 2020. You just get get you just get like chucked straight into the depths of our lives right now. Yeah, exactly. And I would also like you to come on as a recurring guest, which I would love. Great. I hope that I won't have hay fever every single time. Well, I don't think anyone can hear that you've got hay fever. Sorry if you can. <laughs> I can't hear it, and I'm sitting opposite you, okay. so you should be fine. Right. You know, sharing is caring. Yeah, telling them that's great. Yeah, just being vulnerable. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, opening yourself up. Brene Brown would be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
talking about Brene Brown, I cannot get into her stuff. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, I'm just not a big Brene Brown fan. Did you watch her Netflix special? I tried. Didn't I tried get into really it. hard. Yeah. So you're really, um, in your own words, really woo woo. So woo woo. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard for me to come back down to the planet. Yeah. So that includes like tarot cards. That All includes the things. like the stars, crystals. Yeah. I mean, you've texted me at like eleven o'clock at night asking my birth time and date. Yes. So that you and I've got your try. birth chart ready. Like we just need to make a date to like sit down and go over it. Yeah. Which I feel like that might be in the new year when yeah. I'm feeling. Like, so I, I was never woo-woo in any way, shape, yeah. or form. And then I met you, and you changed my world a little bit. Thank you. And you, you changed thought, mine, too. Oh, thanks. That's what good friends are for. Way. Yes. <laughs> um, I appreciate corgis so much more now. I see one, and I get so excited. I'm like, wait, I've just got your I've got your excitement inside me now. Like, where is this coming from? That's, that is how I'm going to take over the world and dominate. Yes. It's just one corgi. Army of corgis. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. Oh my god, an army of corgis would be amazing. Army of corgis would be the best <laughs> fucking way to go down. Like, take me out. I'm oh, going. I've just finished watching The Crown season three, oh. and there were far more corgis this time than amazing. there were in the first two seasons. Wonderful. And it was just everything. Our chats are what inspired me to start a podcast, which is awesome. Yes, because we talk to each other via voice message almost every day. Yeah. For background, when I had I had eye surgery in July. Um, I went and had PKR, which is the ugly cousin of LASIK and ah, Smile. I okay. I couldn't really look at screens very mm. much. And because of that, we wanted to keep in touch, you and I. I couldn't them. handle the idea of not being able to talk for more than like 24 hours. Yeah, which, to be fair, is scary. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like with text messages, they tend to be more brief. Yeah. So, like, whether it's WhatsApp or text or iMessage or whatever... You tend to, or at least I tend to be quite brief in them. Yeah. I don't sit and write, like, a whole novel. I do sometimes, but that's it there's nothing be, of worth in there. Yeah, but it has to be warranted. Like, yeah. I feel like if it's just day-to-day communication, yeah. if you text me and you're like, hey, how are you? I'll yeah. be like, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. If you ask me, how are you? I will go into everything. Yeah. And we do go into everything in our voice messages. We do. We do indeed, because we're both very open, honest people. Yes. And it's kind um, of, it, you kind of forget that you're sending a voice message to someone and it just becomes this weird journal entry of like everything about your life in this moment. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to send this 25 minute message to my friend. And then they have to find 25 minutes to listen to it and then respond. And sometimes you send 25 minutes worth of message and then find out it hasn't recorded. <laughs> one time, that was the worst moment, one of the worst moments of my life. <laughs> it wasn't, the thing is, it's not even like it didn't record, it just didn't record yeah. any sound. And yeah. I was like, what? So it's like yeah. 25 minutes of just dead air. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to re-record that. I sent Sam in capital letters like, I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most panicked I've seen you. I was like, oh my God. I was more panicked um, than Sam was. I think I freaked out more. <laughs> and um, so I had to re-record that. And mm-hmm. the moral of the story is that now I don't trust the Bluetooth in my car. No. Um, we do a lot more voice checking messages now of nine seconds to be like, hey, just checking you can hear this before I send you the full download of my day. Yeah, before I tell you like everything that happened. <laughs> Although I was pretty impressed because when I re-recorded, yes, I got it was it almost within, dead on the yeah, exact same time. Within like three seconds of the original message. I don't understand. 
And I think I've covered all the topics. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, though. You and I send each other quite lengthy voice messages. Yeah. And, like, if I'm listening to them at work, I have to yeah. have my diary next to me and, like, make notes. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, because it it's be intense. And especially lately, I think that you and I have had pretty intense 2019. Yeah, especially this last season. This last cycle has just been crazy. I know that without getting into too much, but there's been, like, family drama. Mm. And there's been, like, Michael and I looking for a house drama. Mm-hmm. And... I lost my grandmother this year mm. and just job stuff. It's freaking just out about been, Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I've got to freak out about Michael's birthday before Christmas. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff mm. that's been going on. Yeah. And I think having that time to debrief with you is really important. It's so helpful. It's, I think because we are quite open with our husbands, you know, like mm. communication is pretty open and free for both of us. Um, yeah. Sometimes too open. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little awkward. Um, <laughs> But I feel like you communicate with women differently than mm. you communicate with men. Yeah. And so sometimes you can tell me something that you might not feel comfortable telling your husband yeah. and vice versa. Or just go into so much more detail because I yeah. know that we can relate to each other's situations in a different way. Exactly. Mm. And also, um, our husbands are both pretty logical people. Mm-hmm. We, you and I, are pretty emotionally driven. Yeah. I mean, I'd say you're still fairly logical as well as being emotionally driven. Like, you seem to have that balance pretty standard. Like, you've got it down. Um, I'm not even sure what logic really means. It's not a part of my life that comes up very often. <laughs> See, I'm laughing at that because that's not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's something that you say often, but is actually not true. I mm. think you are a very logical person, but I think your problem is that I got are... ninety nine problems. <laughs> Where are we starting? <laughs> well, I just meant with the logic. We, we don't need to. Oh, that's like a whole other podcast um, about all of our problems. But you are someone that is so in tuned to how other people feel because you're an empath in mm. like the purest sense of the word. So even when you know the logical answer if someone comes in with a conflicting view or is like that's going to make me feel terrible you're like mm. oh god i need to rethink my entire life yeah and you allow that to affect you yeah i don't have very strong energetic boundaries or like emotional boundaries between my emotions and other people's emotions or my opinions are very fluid in terms of what other people are experiencing yeah and it's not a bad thing it mm. like it gives you so much strength in so many ways but when it comes to making logical decisions... It's confusing as fuck. Yeah, you allow other people to cloud your mm. your gut decisions. Yeah. Like, particularly with the job stuff, we were talking about that quite a bit this mm. year. Yeah. And especially in the last couple of months. And you, when you were thinking about... Because you had another job lined up. Mm. And... I had another job contract handed in. Yeah. And I'm not someone who enjoys letting people down. Like, that's... And so, yeah, it was definitely, uh, and I was going to come back to this when we get into like self-care things, but, um, yeah, it's definitely been an interesting expansion of my, of my skill set. Yeah. You sound like Liam Neeson. What a particular skill set. Yeah. <laughs> it is people pleasing. Yes. <laughs> but you are like, um, with this job, you, when you first contacted me about it, you were like, or started talking about it during our messages, you were like, you know, I've already said yes to this other job, so mm. I'm not even going to put my application mm-hmm. in. And I was like, hold on, this is your dream job. Yeah. This is what you have wanted to do since you met Ed in the womb. And yeah. you shouldn't put what you want aside just because you've made a commitment to someone else. Yeah. You know, like, 
with regards to jobs don't take that as marriage advice um (laughs) just for everyone listening um so yeah I feel like you kind of from the very outset you were like oh I can't go after what I want because I've made other commitments yeah and how will those people feel about me cancelling on them and I was like just do it like Mm -hmm. you hadn't even when you put in your application you didn't know if you're going to get the job that kind of thing and I was like you can worry about getting the job and making those decisions and letting those people down later down the track but for now you need to make a decision that's good for you and I think logically you knew that yes but you struggled to put that into practice yeah because you took other people into account which makes you great when you're thinking about like cancelling a social situation Mm. or buying birthday presents like you're great Mm. those are your strengths relating to kids on an emotional level that is your major strength but Mm. making big life decisions based on emotional stuff i think you need to let your logical side shine a little bit more it's like that balance of like head heart and gut Mm. and i think we all tend to have like a strength in one area so like ed my husband leans towards the brain when he's making a decision um other people tend to use like their gut and have that real instinctual response and trust that and then for me, it's very much more like heart-centered in terms of taking into account all of the emotions. And all of us, I think, are just trying to get that little bit of balance where we can draw on all three things to find the best the best next step. And I think that's why we surround ourselves by people that are not exactly mm, like exactly. us. Yeah. You know, you need to have that balance. Like, I'm quite a gut person where if I go into a situation and I make a decision, mm. if that's what my gut says, I stick to it no exactly. matter what. Yeah, which is um, such a huge strength. It is a strength. It's also a weakness because it means that if I've made a decision, I will stick to it sometimes stubbornly, even mm. if it's not the right decision. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like curb that a little bit so that I can be open to evaluating decisions mm. more. Which is like leaning more into that brain side of things and using the head to think it through. Exactly. And Michael is the logical head in that situation yeah. because he is very, you know, he looks at things from a practical point of view Mm. um and then you're my emotional center where i touch base with you and you can give me an idea of sort of the emotions and how that works in Mm. like something really shitty happened two weeks ago with a friend um, of mine and i caught a hold of you and you were like that must be really shit for her Mm. and like it must be really shit for you and you were just acknowledging of both sides of those um of the coin and like Obviously, I think I was right because I'm me. Yeah. And she thinks she's right because she's she. Does that make sense? Yep. Because she's her. She's her. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but having someone who's like, actually, both of you experienced very valid emotions and yeah. you shouldn't belittle those things. That was really important and that was really nice. Mm. Um, whereas Michael came to it from like a practical point of view and he's like, well, you've done nothing wrong. Yeah. And I was like, which is also nice to hear. Like, it's nice. It's good to get that as well. Exactly. You yeah. need that kind of support. Yeah. So I'm I'm in awe of your emotional I'm in awe of your intelligence. It <laughs> sounded weirder than it was meant to. Yeah, it did. I can also eat most things, so mm. go gut. Strong. Yeah. Um, except if it's capsicum, then yeah, I die. No capsicum. No, I don't. I ate about two whole capsicums yesterday. It was weird. <sighs> okay, should we talk about that a little bit? The capsicums? Well, no, your diet. Yes. I mean, capsicum is part of your diet, but I meant specifically. Oh, yeah. I was like, um, oh god, what have I done? <laughs> So um, we, we've got a little bit of a theme around self-care mm. and I think probably your diet is probably something that comes into that category because mm. you and your husband went vegan almost a year ago. Well, we're what we call like optimistic vegans or aspirational vegans. Like 
we are definitely and part of being have, of having that self-care is acknowledging that it's hard to do anything perfectly and for us it was just about minimizing like we both just felt like our values weren't reflected in the diet we ate and so we wanted to move our diet closer to our values and it's not perfect and there are things that are coming out that make it so much easier like amazing vegan ice creams but I still slip up quite frequently and I'm yeah and I'm not too hard on myself for it I'm just doing my best aren't we all we are and I think that um vegans kind of get a bad rap because Mm. they it's the minority but no sometimes it's the majority (laughs) they they tend to push it down your throat I'm a vegan and they tend to be like you should be vegan too yeah and do you know how many animals you're killing do you know how bad it is for the environment and like I feel like shock tactics don't really work with people anymore people have Mm. become a bit desensitized to that yeah Michael and I are not vegans. We are meat eaters. Mm-hmm. I'm from South Africa. I think if I go vegan, they like excommunicated. Yeah, pretty much. I think yeah. they you go on a wall and with your photo, and they're like, yeah. "Don't let this person in the country." Yeah. Kind of like you know when you steal from a shop. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I mean we don't. I eat a protein with most of my meals. Mm-hmm. I do try to buy from like local butcheries and things Mm. like that where it is a sustainable farming practice rather than you know buying from massive big chains where you're not entirely sure yeah like i would never go into the mad butcher and buy their pre-cooked sausages because i think that that is just horrendous you know cheap meat is not really the way forward and you and ed never make us feel bad for Mm. our eating decisions uh you don't ever shame us around that and i feel like as couples, we have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah, yeah. And so, if I invite you around for dinner, I make sure there's a vegan option. Or if we come around to you, I wouldn't expect you to cook me a steak. But there's always that option of bring whatever you want to add to make it better for you. Exactly. And I think part of it is judging other people's lives doesn't lead to anything positive for anyone involved in that equation. And the more that we can just accept that we're all just doing the best we can with all of our life situations that no one else can understand except for ourselves. Um, so, of course, all of our lives are going to look completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And we all come to it with baggage, don't we? So yeah. For some people, going vegan might be a health choice. Yeah. Um, someone at yeah. work recently was told, because we do health checks every year, mm. and he was told that his cholesterol was really high, and so he decided to go vegan yeah. after watching, uh, having that news. Game and changes. Game changes, yeah. Um, he was very into that, and I personally... I have some reservations around going vegan and stuff like that. Mm. I'm kind of, not from the point of view that I'm like, oh, that's fucking ridiculous. I would never do that. But I don't believe in cutting out big food groups mm. unless you have an allergy or whatever. For me, I believe that, you know, all food has a part to play. Mm. And so I would never cut out a whole food group. It's the same as people who cut out carbs yeah. um, or like cut out dairy, that kind yeah. of thing. I would never do that because I feel that they all have a part to play in your system and I choose to get my protein from meat whereas mm. you and Ed choose to get your protein from plant-based yeah. foods. Um, so I think it's just about where we choose to get things. Um, yeah. But I think that that was kind of a big self-care thing. So you've been yeah. vegetarian the entire six years that I've known you. Yeah. And then you went vegan a year ago. Yes. We were kind of, it's been kind of two years now, so last year was really quite a slow transition 
and then this year with kind of the skills that we picked up last year about how to make sure we were still getting balanced diet sources and making sure we weren't missing anything out this year we found it was a little bit easier to go more consistently vegan and yeah it's been good and it's something that fits really easily within our life and doesn't fit easily within other people's lives and so there's no reason for me to think that everyone else should be taking on that same choice and you recently found yourself a vegan doctor yeah that was kind of a weird coincidence where i got an amazing doctor um she is heaven sent and she was away on the day that i needed to go in and so i ended up seeing a random dude at the same doctor surgery and didn't even mention anything and when I left he realized by reading my notes that I was vegan and so came and found me and was like oh I just saw this and I'm vegan and we had this really good chat um and so now I know that I've got like two amazing doctors to choose from when I go there um which is really nice because in the past we've both had really negative experiences with some doctors and same with being vegan there are doctors who I've gone in and who have just not understood that decision and have been really judgmental and quite like unkind about it like, I'm paying for this service. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i not paying for someone to come and shame me. I do that enough to myself. Like, I don't need someone else to get involved on that side of things. Well, I think also as women, we, when you go to the doctor, it's like a whole roller coaster of emotions mm. anyway. You yeah. know, like your weight and your skin and your hair and your yeah. sex and just everything just plays into it. And then to have that extra added layer of being yeah. vegan where some doctors are just not understanding. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Any... Like, if you choose to get your protein in a different form, mm. why does that really matter? You should be advised on the source that you choose rather than mm. just as a blanket. Yeah. And I feel... So, I... Obviously, I'm overweight. And so, whenever I go... <laughs> you're not... Oh, that hurts my soul when you say that. Because you lost shitloads of weight. Mm. And you look amazing. Thank you. looked you. amazing before anyway. Thank you. So do you. But, well, thank you. <laughs> but I think that you, you lost this whole heap of weight and you felt more comfortable in your body. Yeah. And, like, you talked about feeling more comfortable in your body, yeah. which was really great. I have got to the stage where I don't feel comfortable in my body and I'd like to kind of change that. So in the new year, I'm going to kind of look at ways that I can be more active, mm-hmm. ways that I can just honour my body in a way that, you know, makes it feel good and feel healthy. Yeah. Um, like I said, not focusing on weight loss, but focusing yeah. on feeling healthy. Yeah. But when you go to the doctor, like I have high blood pressure and because I'm big, they're like, oh, if you lost weight, your blood pressure would be fine. Mm. And I'm like, weight contributes to high blood pressure, yeah. but it's not the sole reason. I have high blood pressure every time I go in and it is 100% just the stress of being in a doctor's surgery. Because whenever I've had my blood pressure tested outside of doctors, it's fine. Yeah. So it's 100% just my stress. See, I have that as well. So I have a blood pressure monitor at home mm. and because my dad has high blood pressure and they never use a cuff big enough because I'm big and they squeeze so hard. And I'm mm. like, you know what? If you had a snake around your arm and it was squeezing you that hard, you would be perfectly warranted to panic and want to yeah. get that snake off. Yeah. But because it's a blood pressure cuff, they're like, it'll be fine yeah. and it's like I'm sorry but my body doesn't reason with that my body's like oh my god we're under attack yeah. and it panics yeah. so I have a blood pressure monitor at home and when I take my blood pressure at home firstly Michael shows me videos and pictures of corgis and otters Perfect. and it brings my blood pressure way down but secondly it's not as high as it is when I go into the doctor mm. so I find that being overweight being female like there's just so many things that contribute to when you go to the doctor yeah. making you feel ashamed. Yeah. 
And I feel like having that extra layer of being a vegan where doctors don't necessarily understand that lifestyle yeah. as much as they should, I feel like that must be really stressful. It's forced me to be really confident in that decision for myself. And so in one way, I'm grateful that people challenge me on it because it's made sure that this is something that I want to commit to as part of my life. Do people challenge you? Like, who challenges oh, you? Oh, God, yes. Usually in a fairly respectful way, but I think because people automatically assume that if it comes up, it's because you're judging them for not being vegan, which is so far from the truth. I couldn't care less about other people's diet. Diet's already so fucking complicated. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's been a few awkward conversations, but they've all been really magical in terms of getting me closer to the truth of why I'm doing it and who I want to be and so yeah I'm grateful for each one of them yeah well there is a plane going overhead Woo! and unfortunately everyone's just going to have to get on with it because I think that that little that snippet of what you just said is really important I don't mm. want to have to make you say that again okay. good because so. I have no idea what I just said <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry um, I'll try and make it quieter we'll see that's fine people um, just going on holidays this yeah. is what reminded to book yourself a holiday exactly 100% mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's that kind of plane I think it might be the smaller planes no it's definitely a holiday plane oh okay yes definitely a holiday <laughs> plane heading for uh, the Fenua Pai Airport yeah <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode one, part one. Part two will be available next week. If you like the episode, then like us on Facebook to keep up to date with all things Passion Project. Thanks for listening.